0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Louisville Podcast. You're listening into Message Notes, a series where myself and Gord simply talk through the last week's teaching here at Louisville just to get a deeper dive. This week, we launched a new series called One, where we're talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This week, we were talking about our Heavenly Father the character of who he is, and what that means for him to be one. It's a really fascinating conversation, and I can't wait for you guys to listen in. Let's dive in. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome once again to the Louisville Podcast. Here we are, Gord. Hey, Adams. How are you today? So far, so good. I'm excited to be here and we are in for have you looked at the weather yet?
1: Oh, 28 and 30 next two days, today and tomorrow. Yeah. Got to love
0: it. Oh, yeah.
1: We've been waiting on this a long time. That's true. I feel like it really snuck up on us though, eh? Like Yeah. Like this was this was like an old-fashioned Ottawa spring. Okay. Where you go from shoveling snow one day to t-shirts and shorts 3 days
0: later. Like just wild. Yeah, yeah wild. Yeah, I've been seeing the dandelions pop up all over my neighborhood. Oh, just, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you've been, uh, you, you were telling me you've been outside doing some work. Yeah, we bought a house, a,
1: a great condo, um, just the right size for my wife and I. Awesome. And we are loving it there. We love the location. We love the quiet. We love all of that. Mm. And it had a deck on the back, a 27 by 13 deck. Okay, well, That was probably original equipment. Yeah. Um, 91, it was built. Okay. And the paint was almost all off it, and it was showing its age. So we decided rather than tear it all off, we would just spend some time with... Uh, Some stain that is called Rescue It, and uh, it's supposed to extend the length. Nice. But the process was a little much.
0: Now, i got to ask a question. When you were painting, you'll see where I'm going with this eventually. Yeah. Were you wearing gloves when you were painting? Yes. (laughs) So. Oh, in the video. (laughs) I I got accused of uh, having golfer's arms. Yes, that's exactly what it was. So Katie and I are sitting there watching on Sunday morning, and for those of you who haven't yet, we'll we'll talk about it, but Gord's sermon from this past Sunday, and the video teaching, and all of a sudden Katie goes, huh, looks like Gord's been out golfing. <laughs> yeah, and and um,
1: <laughs> Joshua, our son, was home, and he watched the, the service with me, mm. and he said, uh, people are going to accuse you of having been out golfing. And I'm like, no, I wear gloves when I paint oh yeah no that's too funny yeah so i had painter's arms not Mm. golfer's arms there you
0: go well we put the we put the accusations to rest (laughs) do you burn easily or no uh pretty easily yeah yeah oh yeah i'm like
1: ai just yeah rosalie does not and if she does it's good in a day Mm. our son joshua just goes dark oh
0: yeah just dark Yeah, what's funny um, when Josh and I were planting together? Yeah, he we by near the end of the season we got teamed up quite a bit, and so we'd be sort of planting partners, and it would drive him nuts every morning. I would have this sunscreen ritual, oh, (laughs) because I was just like, I'm not, I'm because you know tree planting, there's no. You're out there in the field. There's no yeah, shade. Yeah, there's it's no shade. There's no sh- no yeah. anything. So yeah. every moment And Josh, he'd be like, there's clouds. Why are you putting sunscreen on? And I'd say, hey, I know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Gord, um, this past Sunday, we launched into a new series that we're doing here at the church called One. Yes. And um, looking at uh, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. And I was just thinking, you know, just be wise Uh, Before we get into the conversation, if you could give us sort of that 30,000-foot view, like for those who hadn't watched it yet.
1: Sure. Um, Well, you know, it's ambitious to say we're going to cover Father, Son, Holy Spirit in three consecutive weeks. Right. That's a lot to do. But, you know, there are a few basics that we're able to handle, and uh, the series is called One because um, Fundamental... To the Hebrews and fundamental to our understanding is that God is one. And so we started with what is probably the best known of the Jewish sayings. Mm. It's a prayer that's prayed first thing in the morning, last thing at night. When a person feels like they're dying, the last prayer they will pray is Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, called the Shema. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hmm. And that separated Israel, (coughs) oh, excuse me, from the nations around, Hmm. because many of them had religions, Canaanite religion, dozens
0: of deities,
1: male, female, God of War God of the Harvest Goddess of Fertility God Goddess mm-hmm. yeah, All represented by different idols Right in, in Paul's day of course He was in Athens mm-hmm. And the Greeks had the same thing The Romans had the same thing yep. It was a plethora of gods and goddesses
2: mm-hmm.
1: a God of Thunder God of War Goddess of Love the, Right On and on we go Yeah My favorite, by the way, of all time is uh, do you know who the Greek goddess of victory is?
0: I always get Greek and Roman mixed up.
1: Her name was Nike.
0: Oh! (laughs) And that was a victory? A victory, yes. Wow. So you can see that that was a strategic.
1: That was a strategic uh, selection. Yeah. So, anyway, to differentiate. Their relationship with God, from all of the nations around them, Mm -hmm. it was foundational, fundamental, that God is one. Yeah, and yeah, and you shall have no other gods before me. He says, Mm -hmm. so you don't make idols. You, you're not like everyone around you. So it was a countercultural thing from the very beginning, right,
0: for Israel. Like like vastly countercultural though.
1: Vastly countercultural.
0: Yeah. Cause I was curious too, and and, and you talked about um, you know, Jesus as a boy and this idea that the Shema was something that was so instilled in the Jewish worldview and the in the Israelite worldview and their culture. And I was wondering, Gord, if if we as moderns if we miss something in our understanding or if we don't realize how big of a deal this was for the israelites
1: oh it was huge it it like when you when you quote a scripture hmm. every morning every night when it's on your deathbed hmm. when it's in the day of atonement when it's in the weekly worship when it's over and over and over and over it it gets to the point of being beyond question as a theological truth, right? But then, what to do with that? Mm. You know, so Jesus comes along, for example, and he says to the religious leaders, "I and the Father are one." Right.
0: <laughs> the word one. The word one, right?
1: You know, like they just they just went nuts. There's
0: a trigger for the moment. A trigger.
1: Yep. Part of why they wanted him gone, and the fact that that the the things he did, there was more than one person came to him and say, Rabbi, you we know you have to come from God because no one could do the things like a, a Nicodemus, no mm. one could do the things you do unless God be with him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's exactly the thing. They had this idea of a one God, and now Jesus says the Father and father and I are one right and that bolstered by the way in which he spoke and the things that he did mm. the healings the miracles the the everything put them in a real bind right because some of these things were the miracles of the old testament
0: ah yes 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 yeah
1: And now it's in their day with one who says he is one with God. And all along, you know, the prophets had testified to the fact that there would be Messiah, Mashiach, Mm -hmm. who would come, the chosen one, the anointed one. Mm -hmm. Hard to believe that this was him, a carpenter's son from Nazareth. Right. He was not the the one expected. He was not the one expected, so... Yeah, I it, it was deeply ingrained mm-hmm. and every time it was challenged in any way by what Jesus did or what he said or what he claimed, mm. it brought a strong visceral
0: response right. from the religious leaders. Oh, I yeah. get it. It makes me realize too how important language and words are, because you know, if Jesus' message was, I and the Father are Partners. I and the Father are close. We are. We're working together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they may have just sort of been like, okay. We've (laughs) seen prophets before. Yeah, we've seen prophets before. But to use that line of, I and the Father are one," one, completely changes it. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Now, you sort of tiptoed into this idea, and you, you had um, a line in there saying, in, in this world, there are other gods. Now, I, I find that when we as moderns hear that, and when the average Christian thinks about that, their mind will automatically, and rightfully so, this is the culture we live in, but they'll, their minds will automatically think of, like, oh, well, you know, like money is a god, or desire, or sex, or this or that, which aren't necessarily bad things. That makes sense that their minds would go that. But do you think there's more to it than that?
1: I absolutely do. Hmm. If let, let So let's back up two steps if we can. Yeah, for sure. Let's just say, do you believe that Satan is real? Hmm. And number two, do you believe he is personal? Right. Because if he is... His role is to oppose God. Right. Now he can't he can't turn back what God does. Mm-hmm. What he does is misdirect. Right, yeah. So if someone so with things uh, a couple yeah. of mistakes we make. Number one, when we say, well, you know, God's like money and sex and things and cars and houses and, you know, all of that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Number one mistake is to personalize it. Right. It is not all about you or (laughs) all about me. It is not. There's more going on. There's more going on in the world Mm -hmm. than what affects you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you can't make your theology, you can't make your anything so personal that there's no reality beyond you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Second, we westernize. Right. So what if instead of saying money, we replace the word money with greed? Right. Got any greed on the go? (laughs) We don't like to call it greed because we like to pitch money. Uh, I remember years ago as a youth pastor um, we had these, you know, we were trying to be creative with Bible studies and so sure, on. yeah. And so we we had some graduates, and we were saying, you know, what's the most important thing for you moving forward from high school? And um, one of the things was, well, I want a job where I can make a lot of money. Mm. Okay. <laughs> is money bad? No. The love of money is mm-hmm. And if that then becomes our driver, mm. we are misdirected. Right. That's something we're learning through this whole COVID thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That yeah. uh, money is important. Yes, money pays bills. Money feeds families. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I think we've done it mostly right here in Canada by prioritizing people. Mm. Yep. And if you prioritize people and then this thing goes away, there will always be money to be made.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Always. If, on the other hand, you prioritize money, and you put people back in situations that are not safe for them to be in Mm. and people get sick and die then what happens to your money Yeah, exactly so I I think those are two things we do we personalize it and we westernize it Mm -hmm. but if there is a personal Lucifer Satan Mm -hmm. the devil and his job is to both uh, resist, and by that I mean oppose the working of God, Mm. and two, to counterfeit Mm. the work of God, then we should expect to see his influence in many pieces of society. Right. Now, we get the willies because they're saying, well, oh, you're, course, yeah. you're you're looking for, you know, demons everywhere and, a, mm. you know, a demon behind every bush. Well, not exactly that. Mm. However, uh, as I mentioned in the message, Paul says, we wrestle against these things all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're there. Mm-hmm. Now we can pretend that our obsession with sex doesn't have anything behind it right
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'm not so sure no for sure it's interesting too um I think it's in some translations or if some scholars have translated. Um, you might see it written sometimes as the Satan, which then can also be translated as the deceiver, which then can kind of give you a bit of a bigger or better, clearer understanding of how the deceiver works.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Jesus said, uh, he's a liar and the father of lies, mm-hmm. which kind of comes along that same trajectory as deceiver. Mm-hmm. So, uh, picture yourself being accosted by a salesman, and he's pitching you the the line, there used to be an old commercial, oh, it's just as good as a Xerox. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, people would buy it and find out it wasn't just as good as a Xerox. Right. But the, the further question is, if it's just as good as a Xerox, well, maybe what I ought to be buying is a Xerox. Mm-hmm. And uh, deception goes on all the time. Mm. Uh, People who think they're getting one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I remember a quote from uh, O.J. Simpson from way back where he says, you know, I I have a great career, I have a great wife, I have a a lovely house in Buffalo, I have Mm. all of this. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just sit lonely. Yeah because the deception was if you get the career and if you get the the beautiful wife and you get the big house and you get lots of money well what else is there i mean you can have what you want hmm. yeah except a contented heart right. and he didn't have that right
0: yeah fascinating
1: so the deceiver oh yeah eat this and you'll be just like god right true but he pitched it as a good thing mm-hmm. and it was not a good it was thing. not a good thing no so yeah the the great deceiver mm. and so when when there are these gods and goddesses and and you know if you do any amount of research at all you'll find that some of those uh, child sacrifice was involved oh, yeah not only animal sacrifice but human sacrifice mm-hmm. and child sacrifice and people say well why would god say go in and and exterminate them mm. well because if you had a group of people who were sacrificing their children in fires what would you do with them
0: mm. yeah it's it's something we lose in in our modern idea, because we're like you said, we've westernized our mind and we're not maybe realizing the bigger picture of what's happening in that cultural setting.
1: Like this this is this is some vicious stuff.
0: Yeah, in some dark stuff. Dark stuff. Yeah. And it's vicious.
1: Mm-hmm. And it ruins families.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah. So I think there is more to it and Israel was told to stay away from the gods of the people they were among and to stay Mm. away from their idols and to stay away from all of that stuff Mm. because of the entities that functioned in and around those. Right. And if you don't believe that there's a personal Satan and you don't believe that he sends emissaries to, uh, you know, back in the day, comedian Flip Wilson had a Catchphrase, you you're too young to remember no, Flip I don't. Wilson. I like Flip. the name though. <laughs> yeah, Flip Wilson and he used to say, The devil made me do it. Oh yeah, yeah. And everybody kind of laughed and it was funny. Mm. Might have been an element of truth in that sometimes.
0: Mm. Now I'm now I'm curious, Gord, so with this subject of um, there, this is all stemming off of the idea of like in this world, there are other gods. Now what we have sort of focused on in these last few minutes have been more of the, like those negative aspects. Um, but I know some listeners could be listening to this and being like, well, are, could there be positive ones? And could those maybe aspects of their positivity lead like kind of like an all roads lead to heaven type thing, right? Could you speak into that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, And and by the way, John Mark Comer Mm. has a book called um, God Has a Name. Mm. I recommend it. If you're interested in any of these things that we've talked about this morning, get hold of that book. Oh, yeah. Um, But in there, um, he he approaches it differently. Hmm. Now, I would back up and say, if Lucifer is the deceiver, Mm -hmm. uh, people will, for example, say uh, they'll use love. Love is in the six major religions in some form. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. But if you're being deceived... Would you not expect to see at least an element of truth mm. to make it credible mm-hmm. in the deception? Right. Right?
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that there are elements of truth, but my, my contention is, but they're not truth-based. Mm-hmm. So Comer says, instead of there being one mountain, and all roads lead up it, Mm -hmm. that there is a main mountain with God at the top, and there are other mountains, smaller mountains, Mm -hmm. with other entities at the top. And, you know, there's an old joke about this guy who says, I got on the ladder And I climbed the ladder, and it was hard, and I slid back at times, and I worked, and I worked, and I sweat, and I got to the top of the ladder, Mm -hmm. and then realized that my ladder was propped against the wrong wall. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Now, here's why that's important. People can say, you know, well, you know, I follow this, and I follow that, and I Mm. follow something else, and... and. I I think I'm more loving. Hmm. Okay. And so since love, you know, is kind of the the base standard, then that's okay. Except that's not what the God of the Bible says. Hmm. So I would say, I would ask two questions. One, do these other entities, the gods
2: Mm -hmm.
1: of Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever. Sure, yeah. Want to establish a relationship of love with the worshipper. So that's question one. That's like, question one. Yeah, or is it just keep the rules, mm. do the things? God, on the other hand, says, "Love me." Mm. There's there's covenant language that. Um, and covenant, there is a Hebrew word, chesed. Mm. And chesed is, um, has traditionally been uh, really hard to interpret okay, because it's covenantally tied. Mm. It's this covenant relationship that God establishes with his people. And so it's love, but it's a faithful love. It's a giving love. It's a, um, what would we call it? Um, a resilient love Mm. and is that the love we're talking about when we talk about love in other contexts Mm. Right. so further Comer would say of this main mountain if you can picture in your minds a pyramid Mm. then flip the pyramid so that the the broad base is at the top, and it comes down to right. a point at the, at the bottom. Mm. And he says, one of the main things is that we didn't climb the mountain to God. Jesus came to us. Right. Yeah. So it's not like all of the others where you climb the mountain toward God. Mm. God came to us which makes it distinctly different just to start with.
0: Oh, yeah, flips the whole thing.
1: Flips the whole thing. So then you have to ask yourself the question, does, does this religion I'm following and say that it's you know just as good as a Xerox, is that one where the God has come to me mm. to establish a relationship, a covenant, faithful relationship? sustaining, resilient love with me, Mm. or am I just stepping through some requirements? Right. So uh, distinctively different.
0: Right, yeah. And I suppose, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that flipping of the mountain, would that have been... Would we see elements of that throughout all of Scripture? Is that solely a Jesus thing? Is that, like, when does the the grand narrative sort of change? Oh, well,
1: it it starts way back with Abraham, Mm. where the first covenant was established with Abraham. And it says, God came to Abraham. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And God told him what was going to happen. You're going to have a son which was miraculous to begin with, because as the Hebrew says, he was half dead. (laughs) (laughs) Older even than me. And so then what happened is, God says, you're going to have a son. Mm. And from that son is going to come um, a people so numerous, they'll be like, the grains of sand on the seashore. Out of that came the, the twelve tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. Now I'm shortening a bunch of stuff oh, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the twelve tribes function mm-hmm. and then out of Israel comes Messiah. So this whole thing of God establishing and along the way Israel got itself in and out of trouble many times. They chased foreign gods. Oh, they yeah, yeah, yeah. they brought foreign god worship into Israel the life of Israel. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And every time, God had to straighten it out. But he didn't destroy. He straightened Mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. Because he was maintaining them, he was bringing them forward to a time when Messiah would come through Israel. Mm. So the the one and that sustaining covenant love goes back to Abraham. Mm.
0: Yeah. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. And yet, do you think people, like, because you hear this a lot, right? And they're like, oh, well, there's Jesus, and then there's the God of the Old Testament. And do you think it's just they're not, like, they're not seeing the bigger, grander picture of what's happening? or?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think what they're not seeing is that God is consistent. mm And even in, you know, they'll say, well, I I just kind of forget about the Old Testament Mm. because, you know, that was the Old Testament and that was pre-Jesus. But I would say two things to that. One, the God of the Bible consistently dealt with Israel Mm. the way he deals with us. There's not one of us perfect. And we get ourselves into trouble, and God corrects us, and God brings us back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The Bible says he disciplines those he loves, so mm. he, he did with Israel, he does with us. Mm. The difference being that in Jesus, God came near in a
0: distinctively different way. Right, yeah. God took on flesh to walk among us which I'm sure in the next teaching we'll, we'll probably get a little more into that. Yeah, them. we're going to go there. We're going to get ahead of ourselves there. But I wanted, I wanted to, because we're kind of on this subject here, Gord, um, there was a line that you had mentioned here. And I think that as we're going through this series, many people will have questions surrounding this. Um, mm-hmm. when, when we're talking about one and then, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we get this idea of like, okay, well, what are the roles here? And, and, and is it is it these three? Like, So you had said these aren't three roles played by one person, and it's not three gods in a cluster. Now, to the trained listening ear, they could pick up some of the theological things you're starting to mention Yeah, sure. There. And, um, and I didn't want to go down the
1: road of mentioning modalism, mm, which is three roles for one person. Yeah. And I think that one in particular... Comes from people who, in well-meaning, oh, well-meaning, yeah. are trying to get their head around uh, what is probably not ours to understand. Right. Yeah. And if anyone tells you, "Oh, I got the Trinity figured out," <laughs> the one thing they don't have is the Trinity
0: figured out. Right. Um, that's modalism. Mm. And we were sort of laughing that, oh, I shouldn't say laughing, but like people can find themselves explaining the Trinity and then all of a sudden they don't know, realize what they're saying is technically modalism. Yeah,
1: because I even, as, as a younger Bible teacher, mm. used to talk about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and I thought it was clever that I would say, it's like water.
2: Mm.
1: Sometimes it's ice, sometimes it's liquid, sometimes it's steam, mm. depending on what you need it to do. Mm. No, that's modalism.
0: Yeah, yeah. Boiling it, well, yeah, to, to make it even funny, boiling it right down, that's modalism. Boiling it right down, down that's modalism. <laughs> Different
1: modes. Right. And then the three gods in a cluster mm. is tritheism. Right. And we... Neither are correct. Now, here's the thing. We have three persons, and I don't understand the mystery of that. I Mm. don't. But I'm just, and people say, well, you know, you should have that figured out. Well, okay. But let me ask you a question. If you're going to talk about the God that we claim he is, Mm should we be able to with our limited human fallen understanding understand everything there is to understand or is there room for some honest goodness gee yeah. i don't know mystery yeah i i don't know what to say yeah because people will say well unless you can show me unless you can figure it out then i, I
0: well, I think even even in that saying there, Gord, can be a very freeing thing. It can also be a, a scary thing for some, but I think for most it would be more freeing, the idea to say, you know what, it's okay to embrace some of the mystery. Oh, I, and if
1: we're going to walk with the God of the Bible, you know, he says that someday we'll understand, someday we'll know. hmm even as we are known, and we are known completely, our hearts are not hidden to Him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Our thoughts and intents—they're all—it's like it's daylight to Him. Right. And says so we will know like we are known, but in the meantime, there has to be room. And, and this goes in all kinds of directions. Well, how did God create exactly? Hmm. Well, I don't know exactly. Was there some evolutionary element to that? Um, I think Darwin and his work in evolution was misunderstood.
2: Hmm.
1: He was just talking about adaptation. And we see adaptation all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then that got taken into here's how he created. Hmm. So uh, there are some things I, I don't know. Well I don't need to know.
2: hmm
1: Yeah. And, and and it's okay. It's okay to embrace that. In fact, it's probably healthy to embrace to, to acknowledge there are some things that are beyond me. Mm. Would that be healthy or unhealthy? I would think healthy. Mm. Rather than trying to arrogantly pontificate. Mm-hmm. Then I've got it all figured out. Right. We do the same thing with the second coming of Jesus. Okay. There are people who, even though Jesus says, we don't know, we're not going to know. Mm. Only the Father knows, but boy, they will be adamant that they know. Mm. No, you don't. <laughs> Jesus nope. said you wouldn't. No, nope, exactly. So unless he's either mistaken or lying, you don't know. hmm now, I'll take my guess, you take your guess, everyone can take their guess, and probably someone's going to be close to right, but probably none of us exactly right. Yeah. Because God is surrounded in mystery. Mm-hmm. And if He wasn't, I would question, that's what would make me question that He's who He say, says He is. Mm if there was no mystery.
0: Mm. It's kind of also like um, this is the story and the narrative and, and, and what God has presented us with, right? I yes. love I love the, um, uh, so Nicky Gumbel, one of the, 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 the guy behind Alpha. Alpha, yeah. And so he uses this example to kind of explain something different, but I think it fits in the same way, where he'll talk about um, baking a cake. Mm-hmm. And it's specifically a birthday cake. And he's saying, you know when when you're delivering that birthday cake, you know, you're saying to whose birthday it is, you know, I, I baked this cake for you like, because I love you and I want to celebrate you. and 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 these are the these are the core aspects of why I made this cake. What we don't have in that story is, well, I used I used three cups of sugar and then I I I stirred it a certain way and like all the details. Yeah, and I th-
1: ran the beaters in it and I mm. yep.
0: And I think that's where we can kind of get caught up because we want to know how the cake was made and we forget the fact that the cake was made for us. Yes, right.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, that's why Nikki Gumbel is uh, leading a ministry that's worldwide and and <laughs> seeing people come to Christ. Oh yeah. I I just think the the mystery. I say yes hmm. to the mystery. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I think for some, depending on where you are in your journey, that can be immensely freeing. And I think for those who maybe we put our foundation too focused on the ingredients of what goes into the cake, it can, it can
2: be like, ooh.
1: Or, or frustrating for some who want to know the answers, but, mm. but, but either way, we're not going to know the answer. Yeah. So, I would say, relax, settle, mm-hmm. settle back into the mystery. Yeah. And say what I have is quite wonderful. Hmm. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah.
0: That kind of leads me into another question, Gord. Sure. Um, you had mentioned that Mark 12, which is the section of scripture that you had been reading out of in your mm-hmm. in your message pushes the knowledge of God beyond just head knowledge. And then you had this line where you said, God didn't reveal his reality to us so we could stand around and look at it as spectators, but rather he did this so we can enter his reality and become at home in it. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah,
1: well, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about George Eldon Ladd. Hmm. Uh, a a theologian from a a generation ago, who said, God reveals himself understandably to man through history.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So then the question becomes, why does he reveal himself? Well, from the very beginning, God was all about relationship. Mm -hmm. If you have a religion that disregards relationship between the deity and the worshipper, mm-hmm. then you have something that is distinctly different than the God of the Bible. Right. Because the God of the Bible has always made it his priority to establish relationship. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. We're going to see in John 17 this week. Mm-hmm that the purpose, Jesus says, is that we, as believers, would be one with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as the the Father and the Son are one. Mm. He says, I want them to be one, and one with one another, but one with us, as we are one. Mm. Relationship that's that's why the word chesed becomes so important. It's a word of love. It's a word of covenant faithfulness. Mm. And the closest we come in our modern context is a marriage covenant. Right. Where it is a declaration of love and faithfulness.
2: Mm.
1: Now whether it's kept is another thing. Mm-hmm. But that's the purpose. On the wedding day, Mm. the commitment is to love and to love exclusively. Mm. That's what God's been about. Mm -hmm. He's been consistent all through the Old Testament. Mm. And at times, he stepped outside Israel to include people like Rahab, to Mm -hmm. include uh, um, a city like Nineveh. Mm he's consistently mm.
0: and then of course through through Christ in the in the narrative there the door starts to open
1: oh oh it blows wide open and he says every tribe tongue and nation mm-hmm. everybody yeah is welcome yeah and but it's but welcome into relationship it's always been about that
0: mm. now, What's, what's so key to remember too and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this is that a relationship like, like you kind of said it's, it's beyond just this thing that happens in our head right yes right relationship there's there's practices there's work there's relational building well, well
1: he he changes us and he changes our very desires hmm. Augustine years ago Wrote, living well depends on the reordering of our loves. Huh. That's what that relationship does. It reorders our loves. Mm. Oh, Augustine tried the wine, women, and song thing. <laughs> and uh, he came to faith in Christ. And then he says, you know what? If, if you're going to live well, it's going to mean the reordering of your loves. Mm. And
0: I don't think there's any way around that. Mm. And you had mentioned that too, you know, you you see your character start to change. You see the decisions you start to make change. You see the practices, the daily things we do. And
1: and the priorities of your life and how important other people are and what we need to do in life in living in this world Mm. relative to other people. Like, all of that changes. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a theological truth Mm -hmm. where we say, oh yeah, God is one, got it, okay. No, he says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Mm. So it's this all-encompassing Thing, not just a theological truth
0: to take in. Mm. Some language I've that's helped me on my own journey and, and language mm. I like to use is it's He's inviting you to become an active participant in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that's that's an aspect of it. You say, well, what does that mean? It means, well, like you said uh, with the Augustine quote, it's the reordering of yep. your loves. But then, because what happens, and you said this even in your sermon, when these things start to happen in our life it's then going to spill out of us.
1: Absolutely.
0: And as we live our lives and as we have our normal daily interactions with the people around us and, and um, yeah, like to be, as some people would say, like the light in the world. right? Yes.
1: Well, that's what like Jesus used a lot of illustrations. Uh, you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the, the leaven. You're like, he used different illustrations for yeah. what that, what we become in the world because of his love for us and our love for him. and Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, way beyond a theological truth to be absorbed. Yeah.
0: So as we're heading into, as we're closing here, but as we're heading into uh, part two of the one series, um, not to give it away, well, we know what you're going to be talking about, but, you know... Is there, are you, like, I can tell you're already excited about it to see where we're going to yeah. go. Yeah, Um So maybe just share a little bit of, like, where you're going with your prep with it and... Yeah, well, the thing is,
1: now, backing up to what we saw that, mm. you know, there is one who opposes God in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then one of the consistent messages Jesus brought, and we're going to talk about that on Sunday, is that... Uh, The kingdom of God has come. Mm. We need to see Jesus as the tip of the spear. When we talk about all this darkness, all of the entities, Mm. all of the everything, we need to see Jesus as God's answer in the world by which he pushes back the darkness. And it all starts with Jesus.
0: Well, I'm excited.
1: Well, you know, Jesus does, there there are lots of things that happen in the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That have to do with the kingdom of God becoming a reality. Hmm. And why it could only happen with God becoming flesh. Because the battle was fought here.
0: Well, we don't want to give too much away. No. Uh, but just a taste. And uh, I'm excited to hear it. I can tell you're excited to, uh, to yeah, teach uh, it and I, preach I it. Yeah, I love
1: this stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, the thing about preaching, and you would know this, Adams, you're a preacher, is that before it ever gets to the people, it has to work and percolate in you first. Oh, yeah which means whatever message is coming out hmm. has already been through me.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And sometimes I think, you know what, if I just did the study and never preached it, I would benefit. Hmm. But that's not how God works. Exactly. He says, no, no, got something for you to do. <laughs> anyway, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. i'm enjoying these conversations thank you adams oh yeah no this is fun yeah and we'll see you next week can i make one reminder as we go oh for sure yeah everyone who runs
0: to him mm. makes it yeah that was your that was that line at the that was the end. line
1: yeah. you know there are those never mind climbing mountains never mind Getting to the top, never mind achieving, never mind. Everyone who runs to him
0: makes it. Mm. Yeah. If you didn't hear anything else, that's... That's it. That's it. So run to him. So run to him. Yeah. Thank you. Right on. Thank you. All right. We'll see you now. Yeah, bye.